0: Love, Hope, Radio.
1: Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, March 17th, 2010. I want to wish everyone a uh, happy St. Patty's Day. Our topic today is first call resolution revisited. During the call, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at or chat on calltalk.tv. Um, you can also call in to ask the host questions and interact with the show. The number to call in is 347 857 3117. Everyone who asks a question on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at Its Best, and one person at random will be chosen to receive a free in depth reality check bar- benchmarking report valued at $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore.
0: Thank you very much, Sean. And uh, well, that's a good Irish first name, Sean, there. That's great. And uh, welcome, everyone, to this episode of Call Talk. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I happened to be at my service club this morning and was talking to a guy who really knows his call centers, and he asked me, he said, Bruce, what's today's Call Talk topic? And uh, when I told him, he said, Ah, okay, old one and done. Bruce, for me these days, that means one pint of Guinness, and I'll be done for the day. (laughs) So Anyway, (laughs) well, to help us with... uh, one and done, we've got Roseanne D'Auxilio, who I will uh, introduce in just a minute. I should note that the uh, listeners chose today's topic with a high level of interest, even though we did a show on First Call Resolution last year. Uh, it does seem to be one of those perennial issues for best practices investigation. And from our point of view, given the fact that it is a metric which is, has an impact both on quality and on cost, It's one of those very important metrics. It has an impact on uh, quality because it's a customer-facing metric. The customer is very, very aware of whether their call is satisfied on the first call or not. And on the other hand, uh, the more calls you have to take to satisfy an inquiry, the more expensive it is for the the, the, uh, call center. So it really is one of those metrics that straddles both sides of the quality and cost uh, divide here. So anyway, I'm delighted to welcome back my guest today, Dr. Roseanne D'Auzilio. Uh, Roseanne is the president of Human Technologies Global. Uh, she's an industrial psychologist who has um, devoted herself, really, to employee motivation, especially in the call center context. Uh, she's a consultant, instructor, best-selling author, and has been a real champion of the human side of uh, call center management and has authored uh, best-selling books, uh, including Wake Up Your Call Center, Customer Service, and The Human Experience, and How to Kick Up, uh, Kick Your Customer Service Up a Notch. Uh, her website is <clears throat> www.humantechtips.com. So, Roseanne, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you so much, Dennis. I'm happy to be back.
0: Okay, great, great. And uh, Roseanne is joining us from a remote location, so hopefully everyone will be able to hear her well. Uh, Roseanne, let's start with the definition of first-time final and a discussion of ways in which it can be measured.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, there is no unilateral, agreed-upon way to define First Call resolution. Some people call it first call resolution. Some call it one and done. When you call up and you get your issues handled in one call, whether you're transferred to somewhere else or not, so long as it's taken care of in that one call, that is, by some people's definition, first call resolution, which, of course, is the number one driver for customer satisfaction. However... What if someone goes to your website and they're unable to get what they need and then they call you? Does that mean it's first call or second call?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So the important thing here, I think, is that you, the listener, get to choose. Define it for yourself, be consistent, and then benchmark against yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. And... um so really, there are different ways to measure it. I know that some people use uh, post-call surveys asking the person, was your, uh, was your question resolved? And they will use that. Uh, other people, in fact, have the agent ask, uh, was your issue resolved? And the agent then will key in whether it's uh, resolved or not. And uh, Roseanne, you, you might not be surprised that we find that people who use that methodology consistently have higher first call resolution stats than, uh, than others who use other methodologies. And, and then there's uh, ways of combing your, uh, your, your database, your, uh, your ACD, to find out if, you know who has called within, say, a 24, 48-hour period or whatever period of time would be normal for the product or service that you're dealing with in terms of people who find that their uh, first call really did not resolve the issue. And uh, so you're using that as a proxy for first call resolution. In other words, if somebody did not call in from the same ANI within a certain period of time, that could be a proxy. Um, Let's see. Can you think of any others that you've seen, Roseanne?
2: Well, like you say, there's many different ways to do it, and I think they all have their advantages and their disadvantages. But if it were up to me, I would say that the best measure is to ask the customer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then trust that the customer is going to tell you the truth, not just say yes or no to get off the call. But ask the customer, or if you survey people, ask the question, was your call resolved? Right. and or how many calls did you make to resolve your issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and really the, the post-call IVR, once again, one of those best practices that we talk about in other contexts as well because it uh, helps with things like coaching, et cetera, uh, that can be a, a really good resource to do that. Um, great, okay.
2: I agree, good. I agree. That's how you get immediate feedback from the customer's perception. Right. I think that there's not a lot of investment required. Mm-hmm. However, the customer really may not know if their issue is being mm-hmm. resolved until later. Sometimes we really we say yes, we think it is, and then we go back and is it a technical issue? We try the same thing again, and and it doesn't work.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Also, it could be if it's an agent asking the question. It could be a bias on the agent's part. So is there a perfect way to do it? The, the closest you get to the customer, the better or more reliable the answer is. That's how I feel. What do you think, Bruce?
0: Yeah. No, that, that's right. That's right. And actually, uh, I was just reminded, uh, Chad here, for, by a colleague, that another way to track it in the, mainly in the tech support area is uh, tickets opened and closed. And so if that ticket is opened and closed on the same call, uh, that's a way for you to track it as well. And if, on the other hand, the ticket remains open in the tech support area, then that would be an indication that it was not uh, one and done. So, yeah, these are all things. I mean, uh, there's no perfect way to do it, but I think it's still an important one to try to track as well as you can because of, as you pointed out before, Roseanne, the very high correlation – between first-time final and uh, customer satisfaction, um, and with that, uh, I think Sean, what's important. Go ahead.
2: Sorry, I think what's really important here to point out to everyone is mm-hmm. not the, not that we're going to tell you which way is the best way to measure it, but please measure it. Yep. So many people do not measure first-call resolution even today.
0: Right. Right. I'd and, and like to
2: encourage everyone to measure it however it's comfortable for them.
0: Absolutely. No, that's a very important point. And actually, I don't think uh, we should overestimate the differences among the different uh, uh, types or ways of measuring it, too. There will be differences, but they will uh, tend to, you know, go within a certain band of, uh, you know, of differences, of deltas. And so uh, do it in one way or another. I mean, even post-call surveys, which will indicate at that time whether the customer feels that their issue was resolved, could, in fact, after a day or two of living with the answer that they got, turned into a, no, it wasn't resolved. So uh, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be pretty darn good. And uh, it's going to be very close to the truth, whichever of these methodologies you use, Um, and uh, with, of course, the one that I always have a big question mark in my mind about, which is where you have the agents do it for themselves, and then you're really uh, depending on their honesty in terms of whether uh, they're reporting correctly, whether the person says at the end, uh, you know, did you resolve my my issue. And and with that, we've got a uh, question that's come in from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Sean.
1: Uh, Well, I I think this uh, fits with uh, what you're currently talking about. John asks, what are best practices in measuring first-call resolution?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Roseanne, would you like to reiterate or expand?
2: I think best practices for measuring first-call resolution, number one is ask the customer. Ultimately, they are the determining factor. And again, if a customer, if you're doing surveys, Make sure you ask the question, was your call resolved and how many calls did you make to resolve your call? If the customer said the call was resolved in one call, then the customer experienced first call resolution. If the call is transferred and the next person resolves the issue without the customer having to call back, that could still be first call resolution because the customer only made one call. What's important for any kind of best practice is that you be consistent, number one, that you measure, and number two, that you be consistent in your measuring, and then you come back and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again, so that you are taking the pulse of not only your customer, but your front lines and your company to see how you're doing so that you can see what the gaps are so you can put in the corrections.
0: Right. Okay. Very good. Very good. Roseanne, I was was just thinking, um, when we think about why repeat calls happen, um, let's just talk about that a little bit and perhaps tie it into training and knowledge management systems and the CRM. Do you want to chat about that for a little bit? Sure. I'd be happy to.
2: Uh, Our research shows that 65% of repeat calls are agent error. Um, An agent doesn't give a competent answer. They don't set the proper expectations. They don't follow through on a commitment and the customer has to call back. Or they simply give the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And all of that impacts first call resolution. And the statistics on it, by the way, which I remember the Benchmark and Portal statistic was best practices is 86%, and I used to say, that's very good, but what about those 14%? What about those people that have to call you more than once or mm. more than twice? What does that cost you?
0: Yeah.
2: And I recently came across some new statistics where fiscal resolution dropped to 70%, Customer satisfaction that was at eighty-two percent dropped to sixty-eight percent, and so on down the line. However, if the call was resolved on the if the issue were resolved on the first call, Mm -hmm. only three percent of the customers were at risk to go to competition. I think that's really important. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, we were
2: talking about that. FCR, first call resolution, is the number one driver in customer satisfaction. Well, here's a way to really tie it into your ROI. Mm-hmm. And only 3% defect if they get everything handled in that first call. That means that 97% of your people will stay with you, maybe go from satisfied to loyal just by virtue of your giving them great service. which to me is a human issue, which to me is a training issue.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's interesting The statistics, they have been changing over the years. You cited the uh, 86% level. Uh, I just did a check of our all-industries database, and it's been coming down at 79% in our all-industries. You saw another statistic that was in the 70s. And um, this does raise concerns with regard to training uh, and to knowledge management systems, the things that you were just talking about, because the more we have well-trained agents who are motivated uh, to try to do whatever is necessary to satisfy the customer on that first call, and if we give them uh, really good uh, desktop systems, knowledge management and CRM systems, that can help them identify the client, the need, and the answer, then uh, we really are going to be setting ourselves up for success. And you mentioned the whole ROI thing. Uh, This is an area where a lot of call center managers are still pretty um, uncomfortable when it comes to saying, okay, I really want a better knowledge management system. I want to upgrade my CRM. I want to have more resources for training but I don't know how to justify it in an environment where there's uh, cost-cutting all around me. Well, if, in fact, you can come up with the ROI calculation that shows that uh, the reduction in cost that's going to come from having better trained, uh, better equipped agents is going to, in fact, bring down your costs and the return on that, the investment needed, is going to be good, then at that point, you know, you'll be able to make your case.
2: Well, if I could, I'd be very happy to give a formula to everyone listening to show you what it costs you for that second call or that third call. So uh, would that be okay, Bruce?
0: Sure, absolutely.
2: Okay, so let's envision, I'm a visual person, so get out pencil and paper and make three columns. In the first column, we're going to put the number of calls. In the second column, we're going to put the percentage of problem calls. In other words, how many, what's the percentage of people that have to call you more than once or twice or three times? And then in the third column, we're going to put the number of additional calls. Then we're going to put a dollar sign to them and see what they cost you. Okay, so let's say that you have 200,000 calls per quarter, and that 14% of those 200 calls have to call you more than once. So that means that 28,000 additional calls are coming in beyond the first one. And then let's say that 11%, which is not a very large percent, right, 11% of those 200,000 people are calling you three times. So that means they're calling you twice beyond the first. So that would be 11% is 22,000 times two. That's 44,000. And only 8% of the 200,000 people are calling you four or more times. So that is 16,000 times three, which is 48,000. So that comes out to 120,000 additional calls per quarter. And just for easy math, I'm gonna say that it's a $5 cost per call. That's $600,000 per quarter, or $2.4 million annually. And if most of the reasons, 65% of repeat calls are agent error, that's the good news and the bad news. That's a training issue. Mm -hmm. That's a human issue. That's how do I get myself up to snuff to feel competent and confident so that the customer will feel the same about me and not get fact? And if it costs me $2.4 million annually, am I willing to make a case for soft skills training such that I can reduce the number of calls and increase our ROI? I think you've got a case here. Because each additional call, there's a 20% drop in customer satisfaction. Mm -hmm. An unresolved call, the customer is five times more likely to defect. So plug in your own numbers for your repeat calls if you know them, and then plug in what is a customer worth to you.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And you'll come out with a number it totally justifies investing in your people, don't mm-hmm.
0: you think? Absolutely. No, these are great points, and I hope people are there with their pencils and papers or uh, come back and listen to the, uh, the formula you just gave, because I think it, it's so important for many of us who aren't really comfortable with this whole um, at mathematical part of the business side of what we do to get comfortable with it, that's uh, one of the tough love messages that Park uh, Portal has had for a long time, and uh, and really you'll you'll be able to get the more respect and more resources for your center. Um, good. Let's see. I have. I think we have something else from Sean here.
1: Uh, yes, Bruce. We have a caller um, that is uh, live online with a question. Uh, I believe his name is John. John, uh, can you hear us? And uh, what is your question? For the house.
3: Thanks, Sean. Yes, I can hear you. Uh, great show. Enjoying it very much. My question is Is there a penalty that you might be likely to pay, say, in call, in, uh, call talk time, if you're trying to raise your level of first call resolution?
0: Mm, good one. Good one. So if we're trying to make sure that we uh, satisfy that call and do everything possible, to finish it off, won't that raise the actual amount of talk time, Roseanne?
2: Well, it's about what you're committed to. Are you committed to quality or are you committed to quantity? If your people are invested in short calls, then they're going to get that person off the line even if that person has to call back. But if they're committed to handling whatever that issue is and taking it to resolvement then it doesn't matter what the call talk is, because caller customer satisfaction is the KPI, the key performance indicator that's more important to you than length of call. So mm-hmm. that's a question you have to ask yourself: What are you committed to?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can I, I can sure see your point, and I appreciate I appreciate that point. It's just that uh, in our experience. We've seen that uh, in order to achieve first call resolution, we've had to uh, add to the length of the call, and we're under pressure to try to handle as many calls as we can. So that then uh, raises questions on, you know, staffing to handle the volume and so forth. So that's the reason for my question.
2: Do you know, John, what your first call resolution percentage is?
3: Yes, it's running about 75% right now.
2: Okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't too high because, you know, if it's too high, that's a red flag also.
3: All right, Well, we'd like to see it higher. Uh, we're just caught in this uh, quandary of how much, uh, how much are we willing to suffer in terms of, of you know, length and uh, call handle time and what, what's the implications of that to our staffing model? Mm-hmm. So um, those are the What's questions. What's the implication
2: to, of that to your attrition rate of your customers as well?
3: Well, true, true, very true. That
2: one I think is more important than your uh, than your staffing because you won't need the staff if you don't have the customers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point.
0: Well,
2: thank, you detail, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Well, of course. Thank you very much.
0: You know, it's a great question. If I could just extend the, uh, the thought there a little bit, I think one of the things we found is, you know, presuming, of course, that first call resolution is important to your customer satisfaction and loyalty, and usually it is very much so, then uh, it's useful to do a root cause analysis to understand why the calls that aren't finished on the first call aren't finished. And that's where uh, you come up with the elements that you were talking about, uh, Roseanne. But if you do it on a systematic basis, so you can say that you know training or certain calls can really be attributed to a training problem. Certain calls can be attributed to uh, the, um, the fact that the CRM or the knowledge management systems aren't as good as they should be. And uh, that in fact, uh, hold time, for example. Now, John was mentioning talk time, but a lot of people look at uh, average handle time, and so if we cut out the components of that, there's the talk time, uh, there's the hold time, there's the after-call work time. All of those things oftentimes have their own uh, dynamics and um, uh, processes that can be improved and that can lead to better uh, handle time and to better first-call resolution. And and that's where the mathematics that you were just talking about before, Roseanne, can come into play, because if you do that root cause analysis, uh, get yourself somebody from uh, an analytical department inside your company or get yourself a summer associate to take a look at this or whatever, Uh, just try to bottom it out, and then do the math on, okay, if we had some more training on certain things, if we had a better knowledge management system, this would be the impact, then you're cooking. And um, I would highly recommend that people do that as a a best practice exercise in their call centers. Sorry, Roseanne, over to you. Great
2: idea, Uh, Bruce. That's a great idea. I want to piggyback on that and take a step back and say we're talking about a very focused First Call Resolution today, but the truth is that it's trifold, it's people, it's process, it's technology. So just like what Ruth said, root cause analysis to see which of those buckets the gaps are, and then you'll know where to put your focus and know where
1: improvement is required.
0: Great. Okay. Uh, Sean, I think you have another caller on with a question.
1: Yep. Let me bring him on. <coughs>
0: um so far, Blake, we have all are...
2: Irish names, you know.
0: <laughs> That's right, and and Blake. my name is Scottish, first name anyway, not the last. But so I'm kind of just a little north okay. of there. Go ahead, Sean. Blake,
1: Blake, Thank you me. are live. Go ahead and ask your question. Introduce yourself and ask your question.
0: Thank you. Yeah, my name is Blake
4: St. John. I'm the training manager at Teledirect Call Centers, and I am very interested in this topic and in engaging my um, my reps' uh, ability to help their callers. But we are an outsourced call center, so by nature. Many of our calls turn into messages for our clients, which need to be returned. So they're by definition not going to be one um, resolved in one call. And I'm just wondering if you guys have any suggestions or or anything to say about that, and how I can still gauge uh, gauge something like this for my my reps, my -hmm.
0: environment. Roseanne, do you want to try first? Well, I, I want sorry? to
2: ask the question, if I may. Are you making appointments, or are you just taking messages?
4: Um, w- kind of all of the above. We take appointments. We do lead capture. We take orders. Um, uh, kind of all of the above. It's a very broad, uh, broad environment that we work in here.
2: Hmm. Okay. Okay. And are you measuring first call resolution at the present?
4: no because i mean it's kind of difficult we we grade our reps on ownership and um to make sure they're doing everything in their power to help each caller um when we review their calls but as far as gauging resolution i don't i, I don't really know how to do that because um in our environment on many calls just by taking a message for our client to have them um the call returned is a successful interaction
0: okay Actually, I have a thought on that, Rose, and if you'd like me to to step in, but uh, you go ahead if you want.
2: I just want to ask a question. If the customer, you're an outsource to a customer, if the person that you have left a message for doesn't return the call, do you get a call again, or are you totally outbound?
4: I see, yeah. Yeah. No, we would end up getting a, another call probably from the customer, and we'd have to end up taking a, another message. And, and that does sometimes happen when our clients don't follow through. So that.
2: Okay. So maybe a really good way to. That's one thing that you can measure. And another thing that you can measure is how well your people are communicating not only with whoever is calling in. But with your customers themselves, so that they're following through. Maybe that's your first call resolution measure. Are they following through?
3: I see. Okay.
0: And, and Blake, for your own, and Luke, uh, I know
2: you have some thoughts.
0: Yeah. For for your own purposes too, Blake. Uh, since you need to conceptually divide out uh, types of calls, and it really is a control issue. Certain areas uh, you will have control over. Others you really have to pass things over to the client. And uh, I would put a label on those and then have the people who are doing the um, monitoring and coaching use those labels to help the agents get better at what they're doing. So if uh, if you might want to call those that you really can take care of all yourself, uh, level one calls. That would be a normal thing to do. Those that really do need to, by their nature, have to be passed over to the client, are level two calls. And so when the um, monitor is listening to those calls and, and scoring them, they're listening for the characteristics of a level one call for that particular client or a level two, two call. And then they're seeing whether the uh, agent is, has acted appropriately regarding that. And, and therefore you're able to come up with a, an appropriate first call resolution um, you know, uh, framework after you've listened to a certain number of calls and have understood how they break out for a particular client. Does that make sense, uh, Blake?
4: Yes, it does, and I, I think that's very good advice. Thank you. I think that's that's something like what I was looking for. That's really helpful.
0: Okay, great. And the, the last thing I'd mention is you, you used a really good word there, which was engaging the reps, uh, because... Lots of times one of the things we fail to do is to talk to the reps about what we need in terms of their actions and their reporting. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to do that. Engage the rep in the enterprise of helping this client. And uh, if, for instance, you need to bring down the talk time a little bit and you're willing to coach them toward lower talk time while still resolving the issue, uh, do that. Coach them, uh, treat them like adults, and see if they can be on board for uh, helping meet the metric. Okay.
4: Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank right. you very Thank much. You. Blake.
4: No problem. Thank you.
0: Okay. Let's see, Sean. We're uh, we, we've run a little bit over. Where do you have other questions, or uh, should we wrap it up there?
1: <coughs> um, I'm just checking. I I think uh, that's all with the uh, current questions. Why don't you uh, wrap up the discussion? Uh, I think it's been a great show.
0: Okay. Roseanne, did you want to have any final words here?
2: Um, I have a couple of things I wanted to say. Number one, I want to offer all the listeners a 10% discount on all our products at human-technologies.com. You'll need to use the coupon call talk, all caps, C A L L T A L K T A L K. And if you're interested in how to kick your customer service up a notch, you can get our complimentary newsletter at www.humantech.com. And I'd like to close with a quote from John Nesbitt, who wrote Megatrends. He said, the more high tech the world becomes, the more people crave high-touch service.
0: Mm. Great. Very good one. Okay. Roseanne, it's always a pleasure to uh, to work with you. Uh, thank you so much for being on this uh, show with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, to everyone in the audience, uh, Irish blessings on uh, St. Patrick's Day. So have a really good one, everyone.
1: Sean? I agree. Uh, Bruce and Roseanne, thank you uh, very much for your insights today. Um, everyone said it's a great show. I had a number of participants uh, chat me saying uh, how great this topic was and uh, the interactions that, that you had. So thank you very much for a great show. I want to thank everyone who called in and asked questions. Um, you helped uh, make this show what it is. Uh, don't forget you can sign up for our uh, reality check, which is a free service, and see how your first call resolution compares to the industry and to your peers. Our uh, winner of the in-depth reality check today is uh, Blake. Uh, Blake, if you can send an email to calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. Uh, we can uh, get you the information to get the uh, free report. The topic uh, for our next show is um, agent satisfaction, how to measure it and how to manage it. Uh, thank you all for uh, joining us today. Have a very uh, happy St. Patty's Day, and we will uh, talk to you in uh, two weeks for our next show. And the date of that show is um, – sorry, my calendar. Um, <laughs> the day of the next show is uh, March 31st so have a great day and thank you very much for joining us happy St. Patty's Day